As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. We have LJ Pops, Uncle Tony here. Kevin, what's going on? Yo, man. What's up? What's up? Um, you know, I don't I still think the divisional round's the best weekend of football, but some of the games weren't as close as I thought they were gonna be True. in this round of football. There's yeah. there's a couple blowouts. One, some we didn't foresee, some we did maybe, but uh mm-hmm. let's let's go. We'll start with the last game first, and let's just go ahead and get this one out of the way. Rip the scab off. Rip it off. Let's go. Rip this Band-Aid off. Let's get to Cowboys 49ers. 49ers win 19-12. to Pops, what's your first thoughts? Uh, Pollard going out was huge. Was huge. That was – to me, that was the game changer when he was out. And then I think it was right after that, didn't we, that that uh, Dak okay. served one up. You know, Dak had to protect the ball. Pollard had to have 20-plus touches. Uh, I think I put it in the text. Those were non-negotiable. Those yeah. had to happen. And, the, yeah. and, they, and that, that didn't happen. Game was over at that point, pretty much, in my mind. Um, so, I 100% agree with you there. I um – I thought the defense – coming into the day, I thought – and I kind of, of course, talked myself into I think the Cowboys can win this game. And it's going to be – can the defense – real? they're going to have to really lean on the defense to contain that. Like we've talked about before, explosive offense of San Francisco. And I thought they did a great job. The defense played really well. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't get the help from their offense. Dak Prescott and Pollard going out is a big part of that. And then just – I feel like – this is this is the story of watching the Cowboys team and a Michael McCarthy coach team, but just little errors, little here, little here, little. The picks are big ones, but then you have like the the Dalton Schultz where he's going backwards, so we don't actually the clock doesn't stop because he did cost us seventeen seconds. I, I look, didn't yeah, know that rule. Did y'all know that rule? I, I did not either, but you know who should know that rule? <laughs> Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, and the Dallas well, Cowboys. Someone, I'm sitting at a bar watching the game, and someone sitting next to me knew it instantly. Like clock's gonna yeah. keep running. Mm-hmm. And they were right. So, like, mm-hmm. it's not – I didn't – it didn't hit me off the top of my head, but before you go out on a two-minute drive or less with no timeouts, that conversation, every single possible scenario is in your head. So, then they have that one. And then, like, a two plays later, Schultz has one. And it kind of sucks because he was – he probably felt like he had his feet in. But you get four or five steps in. You make sure yeah. you get your steps in. I got – there's no excuse for it. And it's just – it's every year the little – and then that last play was, like, 
what are we doing? Yeah. They put Zeke at center, and he just gets bum rushed. It had uh, that that Colts play energy, you know that that Colts well, trick play. <laughs> and LJ it had the energy of again, which I, last year's thing with the spike and, and didn't get it off in time. Mm-hmm. I think that was not a terrible call, but maybe we got a little too cute. And then I think we got too cute on this one. We, mm-hmm. we had this all fancy. Just what are we doing? You're trying to do too much, and then and not even. I don't think the Cowboys score on that final play. I mean, it's a hell like you're. Hook and ladder, looking for a miracle, but to not even get a pitch, just to throw and catch and tackle. When I do, I, think, I think it's really smart to like bust all of the offensive linemen out to the outside, and then you throw like you have two options at the best bubble screen in the world for you know tossing the ball around. But uh, but to not even get a across, pitch makes me feel like when they threw it across the middle, like? didn't they? That's what they did. Yeah, yeah. to Turpin to the little guy on the field yeah. who got drilled. Drilled. I mean. <laughs> Well, San Francisco's defense didn't really came have ready to play, though. To pitch it to, really. No, yeah. there was nobody to pitch it to. Exactly. I just think it was poor design. Tony, overall thought. I mean, you can talk about the end of the game or yeah. just overall. Like, what, what, what's your, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to try really hard not to burst a blood vessel here or anything because, you know. <laughs> I think I've was, had enough time to calm down because yeah, maybe last night I might have. Yeah, here I was all hyped up after watching the first game with Kev at the house. Man, we're ready to go. Ah, man, we're going to watch football. And then that happened. It was a great football game. But mm-hmm. unless, except for true cowboy fans. So anyway, here's. So I'm going to make a few statements here. So bear with me, guys. Okay. So on this particular game, I there were to me three key plays in the whole game that turned it, and I'll talk about that. That it's only it only takes three. The first, the second, Dak interception for you to be in the red zone. And to have an interception at that point in the ball game, it, you could have turned it right. You could have turned the ball game. Cowboys get the ball at half, so that Cowboys was, that's get a the huge drive. Huge, huge, and it was just not. Anyway, that was a big play. And then George Kittle, and so on the podcast last week, I said I thought the Cowboys had enough speed at linebacker to take George Kittle out. Well, he kept getting open on third down after third down right Mm -hmm. along the seam. And he had five for 95. And to me, that was the key of the game. I I mean, the defense held Christian McCaffrey to less than 40 yards. They held Debo to less than – He had 17 yards in the first half. Yeah, I mean, they did their job. Uh, They did their job. But except for George Kittle, and he really kept those drives alive – and kept the 49ers the ability to to kick four field goals? Five? Yeah, four field goals? I think that's right. I think it was four. four I, I mean, I good as gold. Dude, good as gold. If the Cowboys hold somebody to four field goals and a touchdown, you think it's a win. But mm-hmm. San Francisco's defense is really good. They're slobber knockers. And and, they, and there's a couple of situations where they took it. I, I, Pollard's injury was, was critical. I don't think it was the key. I still think that that CD Lamb was just tearing them a new one, and I think they could have thrown it to CD ten more times, and he he could have scored or he at least got him an, uh, to closer. But that the interception to me was the kick. That was the kicker. And so here's the rant. All right, you can go Let's back hear. since since they put in the salary cap. The Dallas Cowboys have not been a successful football team, and here's why: they can't. They can't win on the edge. What I mean by that is I've got to be a little bit better than you. When they were winning in the 90s and in the late 80s, 90s, it was because they had everybody. They were flat out. They outpaid you. They outplayed you. If one guy makes a mistake, they got three other guys that could come in and make the difference. I mean, Deion Sanders, Charles Haley, 
Russell, Maryland. You have all these defensive players. It doesn't matter if somebody has a bad game because they could pay everybody. Now, in the salary cap era, they can't keep up. They can't keep up because they've got to play quality football. And the Dallas Cowboys can't play quality football. They can't do it. Not with the way they're set up now. Not with the way they continue to manage their club. Not with the way that they continue to put these head coaches out there. They can't manage quality football. So is that a Jones family problem? Is that that where that comes down to? Yeah, it's a Jones family problem. It's your general manager. If you can't fire your GM, you're fucked. And we're fucked because you can't fire your general manager and – uh, you know, you're not going to con- you're not going to continue not to play quality football and they'll win 10, 12 games. That's great. They'll win 10, 12 games. We'll be in the playoffs and maybe we'll win one every seven or eight years, but they're never going to get to the top four, six, two teams in football unless that changes at the GM level. Well, and they actually I'll give them some credit, but then pretty much go on what you said there, Tony. I They've had some good draft picks. I mean, the Parsons pick, obviously, we, I mean, that's a great pick. Tyler Smith, we talked about some last week, but he's a good offensive lineman where mm-hmm. they took him. I didn't like it at the time, but it was a great pick. And the problem is Jerry Jones, and we've talked about this ad nauseum before, but, yeah, he needs to hire someone to come be the GM because right now he can't sometimes take his ego out of the decision. But the Zeke payment, I know you draft him at four and you just – you can't pay a running back that kind of money going into the last, second part of his career. You just that is a killer contract. Yep. And then the Dak contract, I don't. I think you kind of have to. The problem is, I think we know now, and I, you, you all know I'm a Dak believer and a Dak backer. I think we know Dak is a really good quarterback. He's never going to be the ones that you're seeing win games here. He's never going to be the Mahomes. He's never going to be the Josh Allen. He's never going to be the Burrow. He's just not that guy. He doesn't have it in him, and that's why. He's good enough to get these games really close in the divisional round, but I just think he's going to need someone else to win the game. He's not going to be the one to win the game. And I, that gets me to the next question, Pops, is what do you what do you do if you're Dallas here? We'll talk we'll talk about San Francisco and a good win by them and where they go forward, but let's yeah. wrap up the Cowboys talk with what do, what do they do from here? Do they get rid of someone, make a move, what? You know, I I don't think you get rid of Dak. I mean, I don't. I don't. The way see the contracts it. work out, it doesn't really. I think you're make saddled with him. Come. I think it's kind of the the Russell Wilson thing in a, in a, l- a little bit of a sense. You know, you've got all that money tied into him, and, and I, I'm telling you, I like the way Dak comports himself. I want to believe in him. Uh, I do, but but in high pressure situations, he he has not shown to to be Joe Cool. Uh, like the Cincinnati quarterback we'll talk about in a little bit. So, um, I mean, what my preference would probably be is to get rid of Mike McCarthy and get Sean Payton in. I think that's probably a lot of Cowboys fans' pipe dream, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, McCartney's won, what, 12? He's went 12 and 5 the last two years? I mean, he he ain't going anywhere. One playoff game two years in a row. He ain't going anywhere. So so we're going to get rid of Zeke. I think we're going to get rid of Zeke. I think we need to sign Pollard. But, but and before I, I want to bring this up, that one of the turning points in the game to me was, and it, and it does come down to the little things. But when Kittle made that juggling catch, okay, I've looked, I've looked at that a couple of times. The only thing I can figure Diggs was doing was trying not to get effing hit. That's the only thing I can figure out he was doing. Because if he would have reached out, he probably could have took the ball. If he would have knocked the piss out of Kittle, it would have rocked his world, but it wouldn't have been a completed pass. 
Diggs was trying to get out of the way, I think. And I'm not trying he to made a business that, that I'm not trying to shit on Diggs. I'm telling you, he's a he's a he's a pretty good player. You know, he's a really good player. Well, he's got Diggs a lot has of talent, never been but, just a physical. Yeah. He doesn't necessarily want to come up you, and tackle. This is I mean, the playoff type, right? He's you, a he's you, a, you, a No, playmaker. I agree with I agree with Paul. I would like to think even Deion Sanders, and you're exactly right, but I'd like to think Deion would have would have thrown his body in there and and hit Kittle. I don't know, but I think that would have compl- could have changed the game because that catch meant a lot. That was a mm. that was a huge uh, first that was down. Yet another one of those big third downs that. Tom yeah, and I just, I think Diggs had a chance to break that up, and he didn't didn't take that opportunity, and that was very disappointing to me. I mean, I'll tell you, I said it last week. There's one thing you can't afford to do against the 49ers, and it's get tired. And uh, I think I saw mm. that on the field uh, at the end of that yeah. game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pops, I, th- I think I agree with you on – you probably try to find a way to get rid of Ze- Zeke or get out of that and get Pollard back. I think the way the contracts work out, you're running, you're running it back with Dak. I mean, I just don't think there's a way to get out of that contract mm-hmm. financially that makes any sense and get someone better. Uh, but, Tony, I, I posit this to you. With the way the game ended and it being two years in a row where bonehead decisions are the reason the Cowboys lose and – uh, me and Tony were talking about this to Pops and LJ. I don't know if y'all saw this before the game. Brett Maurer apparently was terrible in pregame warmups. Really? Did not like make anything. And then Jerry Jones came down and talked to him, and they did not have the other kicker. They didn't activate him. So they didn't even have another kicker on the roster when it was clear that Maurer still was all up in his head. And that first extra point that gets blocked, I think that thing was shanked. He, he's lucky it got yeah. blocked because it was going to miss hard. I think it was. Is there a chance, Tony – that Jerry Jones goes, this is two effing years in a row. He, you know, here Jerry Jones thinks he makes all the right decisions. Mm-hmm. The only problem is the coaching in his eyes, maybe. Yeah. Is there a chance, or is, is what Pop said? I mean, it's hard to fire a guy that went to the playoffs twice, won a playoff game two years in a row. There's always a chance. <laughs> but no, I, you know, so the, here's the reality, and I think we've talked about this before, and maybe we talked about it the same time or a week earlier last year. I mean, he's got a franchise that's worth $8 billion. He, he has no motivation to make a change. And so we're going to continue to buy Cowboy gear and go to Cowboy Stadium and True. fill up seats and, and be happy about 9, 10, 11 wins. And, and that's fine. And so I don't know that he does. So, but, but here's the thing. And so two things. That last play, and this is why, where I think McCarthy is, is not, has passed his prime as a coach. San Francisco realized that they were going to run that play and they didn't know what to do. So they called timeout. As soon as San Francisco called timeout, your, your, your moment's over. You, mm-hmm. the Cowboys needed to go back to a, to whatever they wanted to do, whether it was a five, another 10 yard out to get a little closer for the Hail Mary or run the Hail Mary or run the hook and ladder, do something. But your moment had passed. Congratulations that they moved and checked you, right? But instead, it's that same mentality. Well, we're the Cowboys, so I think we're going to be stronger, and so they don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> and they went over there, and that's what San Francisco said. Hey, hey, uh, y'all take Zeke. He's live. Just just blow him up. And Turpin – Zeke stood no chance in that position. Yeah. Once they decided they were going to He's not him. a starting yeah. center no in the chance. NFL. I mean – And so what <laughs> – I don't know the snap looked pretty good, the, but Turpin, uh, Turpin, when he turned, he was expecting Zeke. I think he was going to hand it off to Zeke, and Zeke's on his ass. On his ass. On his ass. <laughs> and so it's done. So that's where he doesn't make that. He didn't make the adjustment thinking, I'm just, there's no way they know what Man, we're going to do. Man, Tony, you're so right. I didn't that's think about that. That's just ridiculous. So right. It's ridiculous. Because it's like LJ said before, 
it's not a terrible mindset. They came out and it's like, I kind of like the idea of getting all the yeah. big uglies out there. You got speed out there. Yeah. But Sam Frank called Tom. like, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. We got mm-hmm. a game plan for it yeah. now. And once they do that, your cute play, while it did in theory have a good reason, it don't work anymore. Don't work anymore. You got to get rid of it. And so for the future for the Cowboys. So I would think there would be a slight possibility that if if Jerry and Steven got together and said, look, if Steven said, look, Dad, I, I'm out of here. I, I'm out of the Cowboys unless we make a change. And, and that's the only way something's going to happen. And if that does happen, I mean, the, the, Steven, he's got all the money he'll ever want. It's not like he's going to knock him out of the, of the will. It, you can um, – Here's the deal they could make, I think. They could they could trade Dak and a first or second round or multiple picks to to New uh to New Orleans for the rights to Sean Payton and they could sign Sean Payton because Payton's salary is free money for the Cowboys. Dude, you got eight billion dollars. What's a what's twenty five well, million mention, a year? You right? said the salary cap, there is no salary cap on what you can no, pay coaches. So they can ease the Mike McCarthy and pay that's exactly really right. Win a damn Super Bowl, which I do think he does. That's exactly right. So, so that's the possibility. I think that they can move because the Saints need a quarterback, and Dak's got is intriguing, and he's you know from Mississippi State. It would draw well with the Saints. Um, but here's the last thing I'll say for the for the uh, well to the so with Pollard having a fractured fibula, I bet you they resign Zeke. Um, now Zeke's going to have to take well, they pay cut. They got Zeke. Okay. They just, okay. Yeah. Well, they, I, they probably restructure they'll restructure to stay or cut him and they'll bring him back. But I think with Pollard having that fight, because that's a scary injury. There could be, you know, we've seen that where a, a bone breaks down there and you've got blood loss and blood flow doesn't get in and the ankle has to have a plate. And then it's tough, right? It's tough. You, ha- you, you certainly hope that's not the case in that, in that fracture, but I, that's going to be tough. And then I, so I dare anybody tell me that you've seen Dak Prescott get better in the last four years. I, I he's the same quarterback he was. He is who he is. Yeah, four yeah. years ago. Yeah, that's and, fair, and yeah. I think he's. A, I think he's a tenth best quarterback in the yeah, NFL. Or every not much worse, not much better. He just every there. yeah, and that's like oh, this guy's got three years in the league. He's fantastic. Just think how good he's going to be. That was how good he was going to be. He's not gotten better. <laughs> And and so that's disappointing. And no cut on Dak. This guy was a fourth round draft pick. Never never projected to be the kind of quarterback he is, right? And to come up and do what he's done is great. But he's not. He is what he is. He's to me. He's two years away from being Lamar Jackson's backup wherever Lamar goes. <laughs> uh, LJ, congratulations! I just want to let you know on your. Future head coach Dan Quinn. I think Tony called it a while ago. I think that is a Dan Quinn has coached his last game as defensive coordinator at Dallas Cowboys, and he did a great job yeah. in his last game. Yeah, I, and I think him, him and Russell are going to get reunited because I think he almost got hired last year. Yeah, I do think you're at right. Denver, and they switched to Hackett. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't be too um, bad. As we move off that game, we're, we're done with Cowboys. LJ, I want to give you a uh, most impressive thing you saw from the 49ers. I know you like to have the 49ers. I like how they play football. What was the most impressive? Fred freaking thing you Warner. I mean, God, he's awesome. Yeah, he was yeah. everywhere yeah. all the time. I mean, I was I was sitting there watching the game, thinking like, Best I don't know if I'd football. rather have Fred Warner or uh uh, I've already lost his name, the Cowboys guy that we like. Micah so Parsons. Parsons. Micah Parsons. Mm, uh, I think I know, but still, yeah. yeah. But I don't I know. Hear Fred what you're Warner saying. was like on a well, so two positions yeah. a little because yeah. Parsons more of a pass rusher. But as mm-hmm. far as just middle linebacker guys go. Mm-hmm. Fred Warner is the cream of the crop. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Stud. I mean, and that yeah. whole defense was really, really solid. Um, 
you, you've got like uh, Dre Greenlaw played really, really great. That secondary uh, was getting burnt a little bit, but like, you know, not giving up too much. They were wearing everybody out. I mean, it was it was really, really this game was a great defensive game. Honestly, I hate the outcome because yeah. I was rooting for the Cowboys. But man, it was maybe my favorite game of the year. I loved it, man. I the play Warner made where um, I forget who it was. Maybe CeeDee Lamb, like someone runs a go yep. and Warner. Yep. Middle linebacker runs stride for stride with from him. the other side like of the quarter. field, right from hash to hash. God, I mean, he's 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 really yeah. good, Warner. Incredible. I kind of thought that might be your big takeaway from the game, so I wanted to make sure we mentioned Fred Warner. So I'm glad you because <laughs> he's he's really pretty unbelievable. Good. Um, let's go to the Bengals Bills game now. Earlier in the day, and uh, Uncle Tony, let's just we'll go. I know me and you were watching that game together, and just hand up. We we didn't see that game right. We were wrong. <laughs> Wrong, dead wrong, and I, I, I thought, yeah. And here it is. This is, and I'm. I should just stop pontificating. I'm just going to say that. But <laughs> although I think it was pretty right, and and what I didn't take into account, and Kevin and I talked about this, is the lack of depth in the Bills secondary. And of course, we all know about Demar Hamlin, but they had lost a guy before that. And he, then, yeah, he was a backup, right? Hamlin was was a backup. Hamlin, that was in. yeah, maybe the third guy. No, no pun on his. Number, but he might have been the third. He was, yeah. I think you're yeah. right, and so I, just not counting that, and, and they're stretched down the. They're, you know, it was a little deceptive. This, they're down the um, stretch there with their games. They weren't really facing that that big quarterback because, and it, it made you think now he's they're going to be okay, and that should have been the warning sign. But but here's the thing: they lost the guy that replaced Hamlin, and then they lost the Tredavious White and the other safety. In a collision in the end zone in the third quarter, I think, late third quarter, early fourth, it was, it was over. There was just no way they could protect the backside of that defense. You know, we talked about that. And to Joe Burrow's credit, Kevin and I were watching, you know, that they, Buffalo really was pressuring him in the first two drives of the game, but he kept stepping up. He kept stepping up and he really beat that pressure. He plays under pressure as well as any quarterback. Did a great job. I mean, he just looks so smooth and under control. Yeah. Good feel for the pocket. Yeah. And the other thing, I know me and Tony talked about this while we were watching the game pops, but let's go to you. Um, I was shocked. I know obviously we overlooked or we, we made too much of the offensive line issues at Buff or at the Cincinnati, but they I was not ready for it. And I know Tony before the game called a uh, Joe Mixon prop. <laughs> Joe Mixon and just they the Bills or the Bengals dominated a lot of scrimmage, offense and defense. And then Joe Mixon just ran all over them. I mean, Burrow was great, but it was a line of scrimmage to me that really won that game. Mm-hmm. No no question. And I'm going to tell you something. We're talking about Joe Mixon, and he was 20 for 105. But Samaj P. Ryan has got a place on my football team any freaking time. He plays He plays good football. That guy brings it, and he brings it hard. Um, Running, blocking, catching, he does everything. I like him. And, and look, so, you, so Mixon, you know, he's a legit guy. He's 6'1", 220. Uh, uh, Samaje is 5'11", 235. I mean, he is a load. <laughs> and uh, anyway, really, really <laughs> and like him. And ask anybody on the Bills defense, and he's a load to bring down, I guarantee yeah. you, because he was, he was giving them so, the So I brought this up, and I really thought I the, the white uniforms in the snow. Um, at first, I thought Burrow is going to make him go in and put orange jerseys on at mm-hmm. half so he can see his guys. <laughs> I think it helped – Cincinnati, and I think it hurt Buffalo. And I'm telling you, they did blend in just a little bit with mm-hmm. that field. 
And I really think that was a, a slight. I, I didn't hear anybody else talking about it. But I where does that? Think, who does that help? Does it help like Josh Allen can't see him as well when he's throwing? Or well, I think the defense. I thought. I just thought the defense maybe couldn't pick up the receivers as well, and yeah. Joe Burrow could. And 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 certainly what Tony alluded to, and and certainly I've heard. You know, I think that defensive backfield from from Buffalo was struggling mm-hmm. mightily, but. I really think the white unis might might have might have helped them. And then the last thing I did want to say, and I think it was early last week, but about Burrow, I'm I'm just I'm getting to be a bigger fan week by week. Yes. But they asked the, the guy says, uh, you know, do you, what what do you think your championship window is? And <laughs> and his response is, my whole career. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, our Kick window ass. is open as long as I'm playing. Yeah, what he said. Like that's, I mean, that's I'm, so badass. Yeah. But but cool. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like he is just a, an ass. He's mm-hmm. not an ass hat by any stretch. But I think he is as confident in his ability as the ass hat is mm-hmm. uh, in his ability. So I'm I'm a big another fan of him. another damn comment they said, and he was like before the game they asked him something about how do you what y'all's mindset y'all going in as underdogs? And he goes, "Runner dogs." They're like, "Yeah, y'all are the underdogs." He goes, "Okay." And it's just <laughs> the way he said it was like just like God, he's so cool. And I think. Uh, I mentioned this to Tony on Sunday. I think there's something to when Joe Burrow is on your team and it's kind of a little of that Tom Brady effect where you just – he elevates the confidence in everybody else because you're like, I mean, we got nine. We're good. Mm-hmm. We're As long as that guy's putting his helmet on, I don't care if we're down five offensive linemen or down three defensive back. We got a shot. We got a shot as long as Joe B's back there. And then also, Jamar Chase is freaking awesome at football. LJ, yeah. I know – as a resident, you know, you're our honorary member of the Bills Mafia yep. here. I think Josh Allen is just – he's just uh, – he's banged up. He's not the same. And the Bills, the, the fatal flaw, can't run the ball. And that mm-hmm. creeps up in the playoffs every single time. What do you think, Elvis? Well, I think the one thing that I'll also note too, though, is you talked uh, last week about uh, Gunslinger. Uh, Gunslinger – uh, Josh and, and how that like leads to him making more mistakes maybe. I mean, but also I was like, well, that also leads to them having more opportunity at the end of games. Um, but I think what happened here is the Bengals rolled the dice and they said, we got up two touchdowns. We're going to get the gunslinger. Let's cover him. Let's figure it out. And then he ended up making some bad throws like throughout the whole game. He was overthrowing and underthrowing a lot. I mean, he was, he was just not hitting targets because he's just trying to make something happen constantly. So, um, I mean, from the first quarter, you're down two touchdowns. That's rough. I mean, that's just that's yeah. Rough. But so they they did weather the storm. No pun intended with it being snowy, but they did kind of weather it, and they were able to like keep it within the game. And I'm looking now at the box score: Singletary six carries for 24 yards, James oh, no. Cook five carries for 13 yards. You can't not run the ball. Like I just and this it kind of gets to a dumbed down take, and I don't want to just be old man yelling at clouds here, but. You see it over and over again. Like you got to be able to run the football. At some point during your playoff run, there's going to be a game where it just gets nasty, it gets ugly, and can you just give the ball to your running back 20 times, Joe Mixon, for 100 yards? Mm-hmm. All right, that, that kind of decided the game, I think. Well, and, and you saw, Tony, what did you make of uh, Diggs apparently after the game? He left the locker room really early and tried to leave, and uh, apparently uh, what's his name? Duke Johnson had to bring him back to the locker room to come, and then he yeah. still left quick. Do you have any problem with that? Do you care? I mean, I mean, no. I, I he tweeted today. I, I Diggs saw. has been that guy. <clears throat> we just forgot about it this year. He's been kind of calm, but you know, his last year in Minnesota, and then last year, he he's always been a vocal 
kind of a hothead kind of guy. No, he's no Antonio Brown, but he's, you know, he's still, he's still kind of out there. And, um, uh, but and I, I like Stefan and he's passionate about it. He cares about it. And so I, I don't, you know, if I just lost that way, if I had, if I were Stefan Diggs and I had been targeted 10 times and I had only caught four for 35 yards, I would probably be upset as well. And, you know, back in the day, we used to see this from Michael Irvin, Des Bryant, those guys that are just quality, you know, these these high, high quality athletes are just upset because they didn't make it and didn't get the game. So I don't I don't think it's any big deal. I, I mean, well, it, he, it's, he tweeted out. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it sucks to lose. Uh, and if it doesn't yeah. suck to lose, then take up baking because this isn't the right. thing. <laughs> well, so that that goes to here's what he tweeted out on Monday night. Want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to standard? Nah. It's easy to criticize my reaction, my reaction more than the result. And I, I don't think it's him going f this team. I think it's him. He just hates freaking losing. And this. I want guys in my locker yeah. room that hates freaking losing. Mm-hmm. And I, I was fine with it. I had no problem with it. I did, and I think that's where he'll probably tell you today, and probably already talked to Josh Allen. There was three or four plays where Josh Allen, and and a couple of them were Diggs catches, but. If he throws it a little better, Diggs is running with the ball instead of having to fall to the ground. There's one where Diggs is open deep, misses it. And that's, I just don't think Josh Allen was Josh Allen. I think he that elbow injury was worse than it's been. I he, think he hadn't been right since whatever that was, week five. Yeah. I, the first the, – the play of the game was the second game from scrimmage for the Bills. I mean, I was telling Kevin about this. They, Diggs split them wide open. It was a touchdown. And Allen overthrew him by like a foot, two foot. And, and, and you could tell Diggs is right there like, Oh no. Cause he, it was beat. It was going to be seven to seven and the, and the, and the track meet would have been on, but, um, just couldn't do it. And, and for the rest of the game, if you look at, and this is where I think we talked about this with Brady last week. Uh, Josh Allen was 25 of 42 and he averaged 6.3 yards per, um, uh, uh per pass. That's too low, right? Mm-hmm. And Diggs averaged seven yards per catch. Um, and the other Gabe Davis was like 14 or 20, something like that. Shakir was like average two for 40, 20, but the, the, he just couldn't get his guy deep. And, and that, that's to me was the ball game. And, and I think you're right. Josh Allen may have, may have an issue. Now, last thing, okay, props to the Cincinnati defense. They they put pressure on Josh Allen, but they kept him in the pocket. It was mm-hmm. the immediate like we're just going to rush three, maybe four, and make you throw accurate throws. And they kept him in the pocket, and he had twenty six yards rushing. And that was the difference maker, I I think there as well. So I you may be right about Josh Allen. Yeah, well, you made me think of something with with accurate throws, and it was early in the game as well. And he threw a pass, kind of an out to to Diggs on the far sideline, and Diggs had to go to the ground to catch it. And yep. as soon as Diggs comes back up, he's like, he's like, put it here. He's you know, saying, kind of, you can see his high, high you know, throw it here where I can run ball. with it. And and I I knew trouble was brewing then. Mm-hmm. Number one, Diggs and, and Allen were on the same page, and Allen just didn't didn't have it. And and the other thing I wanted to add, Kevin, you were talking about rushing and what they didn't do. You know, the person that I think should have ran the ball more often was Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen should have used his legs more. And and just taking that game on himself, just said, I'm going to win it with my legs if I have to. And I think he might have had an opportunity, but I don't think he ran. I, he was their leading rusher in, in yeah. reps, I know, but I think he probably should have carried it another six or eight times uh, as well. Is it interesting to you, Pops, that we never hear 
Lou Anarumo, I think that's how he says his last name, the defense coordinator for the Bengals, mentioned many of his head coaching jobs. I don't know if maybe if he doesn't want it or what, but I would be interested in that guy. He, I don't. You can't name maybe three guys on that Bengals roster. None of them we talk about in the same way we talk about Micah Parsons or Fred Warner or any of these crazy Aaron Donalds. But we, year after the, the past two years, they found a way. They, a good game plan against Mahomes. A good game plan against Allen and the Bills. I, I should remember. Good. I should remember where I saw this, and I'll try to f- sign it and give it to the link. But it, this, our, our, I can't remember that Lou. Lou, the, the defensive Lou. coordinator, sweet Lou, was sending like uh, the corners in at times to to rush like they were going to to a blitz, and then they slowed down at the line. Their whole goal was to pull that offensive lineman out to have to block them to open up the inside lanes, and then to contain in case Josh Allen went wide. And I thought, oh my God, that's that's that was genius stuff. So they ran up there and then slowed at the line of scrimmage just to widen the lanes. For the inside guys, what a genius mm-hmm. guy! Well, and and he does it weekend at weekend week out. Like last year against the, you remember the the Chiefs game where the Chiefs get up big lead in the first half, and they go they go and make an adjustment in the second half, and all of a sudden the Chiefs offense is just. I think he like made an adjustment similar to this. Is what this guy was alluding to. He did kind of the similar thing in the second half with the Chiefs last year. And uh, I need to do more reading on that. But Sweet Lou is going to get some head coaching. Yeah, if he wants it. Part of me thinks maybe he doesn't want it because he's a little older. Is and he? part of me thinks maybe he's just like, I like my job. I'm happy here. I'm good. Yeah. I don't Kevin, know, but you, I like you, him. You remember what we talked about? The thing that happened to Josh Allen uh, in this game that hasn't happened all year? It was tip passes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and he so, had probably five or six. Yeah. Lift. I don't feel like I remember seeing him get tip ball. No, he's six five. How do you tip a guy to six five? And, <laughs> but Lift had it right. What happened is so Cincinnati, we talked about they were, they, they rust the edges, were soft in the middle to keep Josh Allen in the pocket. And so I said, we're just going to keep him here. We'll fall back a little bit and we're going to jump. And they knocked down three, at least three mm-hmm. passes. Brilliant. You know, that's a great game Brilliant defensive yeah. chess yep. game there. Should've All right, more. so now we go over to the Saturday night games. Let's start with the game. Uh, did we just um, – John's had a fun year, but uh, they ran into a bus all That game, they didn't, have a, they didn't have a chance from the get-go. Jalen Hurts, LJ, he looked like the Jalen Hurts that was an MVP candidate earlier this year. I mean, and it makes it a lot easier if uh, you can rush for, what, 270 yards? Yeah. Um, then quarterback. So did Lane really Johnson good. play that whole game? Was he I, in the whole game? I, I think so. I just know as a team they ran like crazy. Mm-hmm. So it makes me think Lane Johnson was probably playing. Yeah, I don't think he uh, gave up a sack or anything. I mean, I think Lane Johnson played his ass off with a torn – Growing or strength, whatever. Oh my God, that's sounds. I mean, I couldn't. I'd be off tonight with that. Like I think we talked last week. I'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I think. I don't think there's a ton for us to break down on this one as much as just fun year for the Giants. But maybe the Giants are that we should have probably the same way I criticized the um, Minnesota Vikings all year. The Giants they did win nine games, but there were a lot of close wins. Their point differential was not that good. And they do play good sound football, but sometimes if you, it doesn't come down to who makes mistakes when you just when you're getting bum rushed the whole time mm-hmm. and getting ran all over. I mean, yeah. right, Tony? Yeah, and you know, I I started questioning myself after the results of Saturday and Sunday as I was a big O for and all things betting. <laughs> um, I'm blank. Oh no, I got one thanks to Kevin. 
Um, Dak um, rushing yards. Dak <laughs> rushing yards. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh, and I had another prop too. Um, but anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, <clears throat> I was going back and listening to what I said last week about Philadelphia. If this was a four or five, I'm probably going Philadelphia. Hey, mm-hmm. dumbass. If you're going to do four or five, do eight, eight and a half because that means you think they're going to dominate the game. And at home, if you're going to get four or five, that means you're better than the other team. Go ahead and take them. And I, I blew that. But I also went back and several weeks ago, I, when Gardner Mishu's first game, I said, I really got to watch the Eagles for a whole game. And even though they lost, man, did they dominate the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. They dominated the line of scrimmage. And sure enough, what did they do? They dominated the line of scrimmage. And so that's what makes Philadelphia such a dangerous team is is the front four on defense and their line right now on offense. I, I don't know that there's a better one still in the playoffs um, on both sides of the line of scrimmage right now as a, as a total. Well, and Pops, I don't know if we were recording yet when LJ said this, but the Eagles and 49ers, we'll break, we'll get into that game in a second, but we, the two best teams in the NFC mm, all year yep. made it to the championship, right? No I mean, question, that, the, Eagles are, yeah. the Eagles are that good. Well, and obviously, so double D's aren't all they're cracked up to be. So, <laughs> you know, I have to say. But yeah, the two best teams are, the, the four best teams, quite frankly, are, are, are in. I think in, so. I think. Yeah. So, okay, let's get to the, the, the one team we haven't talked about yet, and that's the um, Chiefs winning over the Jags. And uh, I'm just saying, if Prestige, if you're listening, I'm a little worried about that ankle injury. I'm a little worried about that one because I know he was able to come back and play, and I think he went at halftime and got shot up. But uh, Mahomes is probably walking very gingerly tonight, mm-hmm. Pops. What'd you think about that game? Well, so I, I'm going to read something to you. I looked up exactly what a high ankle sprain is and how it oh, differs gosh. from a low ankle sprain. So I'm going to read this. The stretching and or tearing of the ligaments that connect the shin bones, the tibia and fibula just above the ankle. Less common than other sprains and typically more severe. Recovery time, six to eight weeks. And then this little note, you will likely experience more pain if engaging in any activities that cause your ankle bones to flex upward. Oh, like playing football, like running, (laughs) like, I mean, he is going to, I guess maybe, and that's the limit of my knowledge. I don't know if a shot of Toradol or something like that will help, but he's going to have to have some pain. I I know he's playing Mm. and and I want him to play and I want him to play well. I want to see this game as bad as any game all year, uh, but I'm just telling you, Mahomes is he is not going to be in 100%. There is absolutely no way he's 100%. Now, he turned into a pretty decent pocket passer. I was about to say uh, this year know, has been he, his best pocket passing year hey, of all time. So I'm not putting anything what? past Mahomes. I, I, I won't, but he's well, going to be hurting this week. LJ, to talk about the Jags here for a sec and then we can move on, but I was impressed with the game I saw from the Jags. They were a few little things that, like they, the, the deep ball or Christian Kirk, that was almost a connection. I mean, they weren't far away, and obviously they got helped by an injury. But the Jags are going to be someone to they're they're someone to mess around with for the future, for the foreseeable future. I think they're and like I think Tony said this Sunday is like there's no chance anymore for getting a uh, like a dark horse Jags as AFC South. <laughs> they are now the favorites in that yeah. division for for the next few yeah. years. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I would say that the. The, you know, I don't know how significant that injury to Mahomes is. I mean, how good is Chad Henney? I know Andy Reid can can make a plan for a backup quarterback, but, um, 
they might have been helped out a lot by an injury and this might not be as big of a, a close game as you know it would have been but uh but i would yeah, say yeah. you got to walk away feeling good if you're a jags fan if you're a jags player you got to think next year's the year um you got to feel really Calvin good. Ridley comes back and yeah. yeah you get Ridley back too by you're going to feel around. really good going into next year no doubt yeah. about it you, yeah you get and Ridley Trevor Lawrence had a few yeah. plays mm-hmm. yeah Trevor Lawrence had a few plays that just like he had one where he scrambled and he was like, F it, I'm not going out. It's the playoffs. Like in the regular season, he might want to step out and he like lowered his head and kind of ran. He didn't necessarily run over someone, but he just clearly the defender was like, I was not mentally prepared for you to hit me that hard. Mm-hmm. I, that was not. And that's what you need. I think Lawrence is a winner. I like Lawrence. Yeah. I think you just got to throw out that whole rookie year. I mean, that, that just was such a shit show with Urban Meyer. And yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a guy. Lawrence is the guy that they people thought he was when he came yeah. out of college. Yeah, I'm excited to see the next year. Yeah, I I think the Titans run at the top of that division is over, and uh, and <laughs> good luck to the good luck to the Jags. So good luck, Jags. I two two things from the get from the game itself. to two things I wanted to say is what a drive by Chad Henney. and that well, we'll 97 talk, yard drive was. We'll talk about the life. game coming up. Calm yeah. Down. It was, yeah, 27-20 game. So, 95 yards for a touchdown ball game, right? I mean, that you could you could argue and that's why um Kelsey gave him the game ball. But the other guy is Travis Kelsey. Dude, how can oh a guy yeah. How can a guy oh, wow. catch 14 balls? I mean, dude, hello. Hey, this 87, Someone you might want to cover you. him with two people. Mm-hmm. Just see what happens. Maybe three. Maybe three. It was crazy. I just couldn't believe he kept getting that wide open. It was I. So, pops, do you think that's a situation of Kelsey's just that good, and Andy Reid's that good at drawing up a game plan for him, or are what are these teams? Or are teams maybe even going? Well, Kelsey's going to get his, so we'll just make sure to stop it. Like, what is happening there? Because I would think you got to stop Kelsey. If Kadarius Tony beats me, then he beats me. You know. I, no, I think you're 100% right. I do think a lot of it is is the scheming that Andy Reid can come up with and Travis Kelty, Kelsey. And I thought was, that good. I thought he was the MVP of the weekend, Travis Kelsey. I, I really did. He was incredible. In fact, the tight ends have really shown out in the playoffs, I think. Tight ends have really been something. But Kelsey is is – I, you know, and we talked briefly, I think, before we started about good tight ends in this league, and and certainly we've seen some. Shannon Sharp comes to mind. Uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Kellen Winslow Sr., Antonio um, Gates, Antonio Gates. You know, we could go on, but uh, Travis Kelsey is is maybe the Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I guess I shouldn't yeah. forget him, of course. But uh, Travis Kelsey, I don't know that I've seen anybody play the position better than that guy. He yeah. was the MVP of the weekend, in in my opinion. So, looking ahead then, so we get the Bengals-Chiefs matched up in the AFC Championship. That It's a fun game, and to kind of get back to what we're saying, I worry about that Mahomes ankle injury because I think Mahomes is good enough to – he can figure it out in the pocket and be okay, but you're going to need a couple of those plays that only Mahomes makes where he buys a little time scramble. I think what makes Mahomes so good is he's going to give you five to seven plays a game where he just does a little Mahomes thing in the pocket, scrambles around. And then him and Kelsey have such a good rapport that all of a sudden now Kelsey's running along the side. Like they have so, so much that ad lib play, that backyard football play. And if his ankle is as bad as I think it could be, I don't know if they have any of that ad lib play. And they're going to need 
a big game by Pacheco or someone, you know, something a little different. I like Pacheco, but I just don't know if he's that. I think I lean – I don't have the line in front of me right now. I think I lean Bengals, though. Uh, Where, what, what are we looking at line? Cincinnati minus one and a half. It has – And it's in Kansas City. Though. It's in Kansas City. Cincinnati's favored by one and a half. The, the line is moving down fast because it started mm-hmm. at minus two and a half – minus one and a half Chiefs. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So it's flipped to – it was minus one and a half Chiefs and now it's minus one and a half Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Minus one. Is that Cincinnati, what we're looking at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah. Yeah, no, that's what it is at this moment, right? Yeah, I'm seeing minus one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm taking Cincinnati in that one. I, I, I I'll too. give Cincinnati in the points. What, what you you're in the same boat? Cincinnati, Bob? yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati. In is that it game. because you're a little worried about the Mahomes injury, or you think you might would do it anyway, Cincinnati? Um, I probably would have picked them anyway. I just can't believe how they went into Buffalo and played like they were the team that was at home, that they were the team that was ready to play in snow, that they they just looked so poised. Uh, and good, but with Mahomes uh, potentially limping, yeah, no, no question about it. I'm taking Cincinnati. Plus, I'm getting, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not giving too many points. So, we got a uh, uh, prestige took Chiefs. I know that's a shocker to all. LJ, what do you got? You got Bengals Chiefs here. I'm damn split. I mean, honestly, so I might just lean with the points um, and take the Chiefs um, because I think you know, like I said earlier, you're getting underdog at home. Yeah. And it is in Patrick Mahomes, and I, I I know he's hurt, but I this has been his best pocket passing year of his entire career. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. so he's got a real shot. That team is full of athletes. Um, I think they've got. I mean, but the Bengals are too. I mean, I think I could flip a coin and just take whichever side that is. So I'm going to go with the points, and I'm going to take the Chiefs. Well, and you have to think Andy Reid is as good as it gets offensively, mm-hmm. and he it, he's going to draw up more quicker. And they got. They got the Tonys out there, the the Sky Moores, the the Juju Smith Schuster, and, and uh, Mark. They got guys out there mm-hmm. to draw up quick plays and not have to rely on Mahomes' seven step drops. You know, he's a long developing play. So I don't hate. I'm not like Cincinnati and put your house on it, but uh, I do like Cincy. Tony, where are you at? Where, where do you go? So I'm Chiefs plus one, and let me tell you why. <laughs> If you're going to give me, I don't care who Kansas City's playing and who's Kansas City got playing. If you're going to give me points with Kansas City in and January in Arrowhead Stadium in 20 degree weather and snow, I'm going to take the Chiefs because in I just think the Chiefs. So Cincinnati had a point to make, and we've seen this. Uh, in the in the four, 24, 48 hours, the twenty four hours after that victory, they've come. You know, Burrow made his point, and you know he he had his two word tweet, and they went. You know, this chip on their shoulder. They should have never had to go on to Buffalo. That game should have been played. Uh, you know, you know, great that Hamlin's encouraged, but they should have played that game. They felt slighted that they had to go to Buffalo. Well, that's over. And Kansas City's like, look. We're the ones that should have been in the Super Bowl last year, not you. That was a fluke. So come on to our place and let's show you what should have happened last year. I think Kansas City's got just as much of a chip on their shoulder as Cincinnati does coming into this weekend. And so with that, if you take away that piece of the puzzle, as good as Cincinnati's been playing, Kansas City's been playing is just as good. And Kansas City's defense has been don't break, not try to get the big play like Buffalo and I think Kansas City can outlast Cincinnati. And if you're going to give me points, I'm taking Kansas City. 
Fair point. With you. So these two teams did play earlier this year. And since he got the best of them, I'm trying to look and see if there's anything. Pops' boy Samaje had a good game, 21 carries for 106 yards when they played last time. Hey, That's Joe where Mixon was out, right? Joe Burrow versus out. Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow 3-0. and Just telling you, so far. But, and so Tom Brady that, had never beaten the Cowboys, and Trevor Lawrence had never lost you know, on Saturday. So, year old, forty-six-year-old Tom Brady, line him up, line him up. I, that's a fun Man, one. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm like Bar Scott, baby. I can't <laughs> wait. And I, I'll tell you what: if if Mahomes plays, and I was uh, Prestige Worldwide was saying, you know, if you got home Mahomes at fifty percent or Chad Henney, he's probably still starting Mahomes. And with a high ankle sprain, he really doesn't have it. There's nothing he could do to, to make that any worse. Um, but Chad Henney's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. I know that sounds weird to say, well, he's a backup quarterback. But he's got experience. He's been a starter. He, we saw that 95-yard drive. I think I he can manage. I give that man enough credit for that drive. That drive he made was he can so manage just it. like the Chiefs might have been getting nervous. And it's like, and, okay, calm down. Look at that. That's a very meticulous, long drive. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. And you guys didn't say anything about Travis Kelsey. I mean, Tra- Henny can get Kelsey the ball. And if Kelsey gets the ball, I, he could beat the Bengals by himself. They could put the other – just have seven guys on the line and Kelsey. It's like, well, well, I mean, I, here you go. I do. Someone did say just a second ago that Kelsey might be the best tight end in football, <laughs> I think. So, we didn't mention that. I think, yeah, his name did come up, Tony. Yeah, and ja- now, Jamar Chase is probably – the if, if not the top three wide receivers and like that, so don't. It, it's going to be a great yep. ball game. Really looking great forward to game. it. Really looking great forward to it. Game. But I think Kansas City can survive. And it's it's strange for me to say this. Kansas City could survive playing Cincinnati at home without Mahomes. All right, and then we go over to the NFC 49ers Eagles. This is going to yep. be a good mm-hmm. one. And I've been I've been right. Eventually, I'm going to be right if I keep saying this. So I'm going to do it again. Brock Purdy is going to, at some point, have the Brock Purdy game. And the reason I think it's actually – I actually feel more confident even now after he's proved me wrong all these weeks. He's going to the link. He's going to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's, going to, it's not at home anymore. Mm-hmm. This is a game in Philly, and they are going to be rocking. And I'm just – I freaking love – if Jalen Hurts wasn't an eagle, he'd be one of my favorite <laughs> players. I like Jalen Hurts. He plays – he just plays football the right way. I criticize him for too long. He's just good. And they didn't even have A.J. Brown have a good game. I love the Eagles in this one. Minus two and a half. Pops, what do you got? Boy, that is – I'm really on the fence with this one. Uh, I'm, and you're, you're very convincing. But I tell you what, just so we're for sure split up. I'm I, Brock Purdy, I just think there, there's something going on there. I do think that the, the skill position of San Francisco, I think that defense – uh, the 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 uh, who's the who's the linebacker you just said uh, Warner Fred Warner. Um, I, I'm going San Francisco. I think San Francisco. Uh, I'm, I'm going San Francisco. I'll just leave it at that. That's who I'm <laughs> going with this this game. LJ, what you got? Well, so I said last week that the only way that you I think uh, shut down the uh, uh, Niners' offense is to attack Brock Purdy. You do not try to shut down Kittle and Debo. And CMC all at the same time. You just can't do it. So you got to get to Purdy. And I will say that the Eagles lead the league in sacks by a lot. So I yep. Yep. have a lean towards the Eagles. However, I just love watching the 49ers <laughs> play some freaking football. So I'm going to go with 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tony, where are you at? 
Man, I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. I'm going with that. That's the scrimmage takers. And uh, I'm going with Philadelphia. Those guys the own the line takers? of scrimmage. I'm, yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> scrimmage takers. They take okay. the line of scrimmage and they – anyway, I'm not going to say it. Anyway, Philadelphia, two and a half. I'll take yeah. it. Right. And prestige, right, yeah. what did prestige do? Prestige, when I had it pulled up, what, what did we have? He had Eagles minus two and a half. He was also on Philly. Philly. He was on the Phillies. And then that would – I mean, really, we got a good good setup. Only, We're two and three on each game. Qualm, my only qualm with this weekend coming up is I wish Mahomes was healthy. I, yeah. Bengals Chiefs is must-see TV. It still is. But I hope this game – I hope we're not watching it going, man, Mahomes just doesn't look mm-hmm. right. Like, if Mahomes is healthy, this would be a different ball game. You know, as far as my money goes, since I'm betting Bengals, I hope, I hope they just win. I don't care how they win. But I just – as a football fan, I hope we get to see Joe Burrow and jo- and Patrick Mahomes fully healthy going at it because those two, those two dudes are as good oh, as Oh, we'll see it for a few more football. years at least. So. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Pops, right now, if I had to – you had to choose one or the other – Mahomes, or I mean, uh, Joe Burrow or Josh Allen? As my quarterback, moving yep. forward, Joe Burrow, no question Joe about Burrow. it. I, Joe I Burrow. Six weeks ago, would we have said that? Would you, I think I'm with you, and I don't think I would have said that six weeks ago. So I might be just biased, but. I, I don't know, maybe recency bias, but I'm just telling you, every week I like him more. I really do. LJ? I like, I like him. I mean, either one's a big uh, step up for what we've got going on in Denver anyway. I think I'd lean Josh Allen, but I mean, it's just uh, it, it's like all these games this weekend. I could do a coin flip and be happy with that decision. You know, Tony. I'm going I'm to stick with what I said this year and the year before and the year before that. I, Josh Allen, because it's just. Yep. Six five that and and I sure wish they they need to go get him a running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they do. If Josh yeah. Allen had Joe Mixon, Woo. I think we're all talking. Might something be a different, different story. You're right. right. Well, so, and you know what else, um, LJ? If if the Bills have we didn't mention them. If the Bills have Von Miller, if he's oh playing, yeah. He's yeah, big deal. That changes big that deal. game because that yeah. When early in the year, Von Miller kind of was their closer. Like every mm-hmm. time there was a close game, he goes and gets that sack mm-hmm. that closes the game out. And I think he would have stepped up. Big time oh, yeah. in this game, oh, yeah. and it it's a bummer they didn't have him because I just like Von Miller. Yeah. I know you yeah. do. I mean, I, I, it's easy to root for that guy. I'm so. glad you brought that up because I think you're right. Von Miller would have made a difference. I think that's why they got Von Miller yeah. for this yeah. time of year. And damn it, he specifically for the divisional round, AFC Championship, <clears throat> and Super Bowl. Like that's where guys like Von Miller flipping mm-hmm. in. They can yeah. they can make it a win loss, and that and that's why you got a lot of these teams still playing. They all have guys like that. They, I mean, you, you got a. Uh, the 49ers, when we talked about Fred Warner, but they got a Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. a pass rusher that can really change the game. You got Cincinnati. They don't give as much to talk about him, but Trey Hendrickson and Hubbard both can can flip a game. The Eagles, who are the Eagles guys? I mean, who are – do they have just a Fletcher Cox maybe, I guess? Yeah. Is, that, is that their yeah. guy that's – and then I think maybe the best of, of all of them right now playing, Chris Jones at, over at Kansas City is a yeah. game wrecker in the middle. That dude – you can't really game plan around him. He's just yeah, and that's the difference, right? Buffalo didn't have that. Kansas City's got Chris Jones, and I don't think as as well as Burrow stepped up in the pocket. Andy Reid, he's gonna be stepping up to Chris Jones. They're gonna they're gonna see that, and and, and we're gonna see some stunts and stuff where Chris Jones is gonna come flying up the middle. 
I, I think Burrow is probably going to get sacked about four times this this weekend. Yeah. All right, so we got we got we're set up for a good weekend of football. I do want to touch on, and you mentioned them. We were just talking tight ends there, pops, earlier when you mentioned old Shannon Sharp. Uh, Shannon got in the news this past weekend when he decided he was going to fight some Memphis Grizzlies, or at least get into a beef with them. Some, I think, maybe all (laughs) the Memphis Grizzlies. I think he he might have. I think his tone changed a little bit when big old Stephen Adams walked over. I don't know if y'all saw. Stephen Adams gets over in the in the in the scrum. It didn't change a, a whole lot. <laughs> a couple of people, it killed me. It cracked me up when you see a couple like <clears throat> trainers and stuff trying to push Stephen Adams back. And, like three people, Stephen Adams did not move. You don't move that. I'd man. rather Stephen fight Adams an actual mouth. grizzly. <laughs> 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 Stephen Adams, and so so for the fans out there, you have Dylan Brooks, so I kind of like for Memphis, and he's guarding LeBron, and Memphis is kind of. They're young and they're almost young and dumb in a way where they're they're gonna talk shit and they they get a little feisty and they do not lack any self confidence and so they're getting into it. LeBron and Shannon Sharp is a big LeBron guy. He defends them all the time to his boy, thou who shall not be named on the undisputed show with (laughs) Shannon Sharp. And uh, he he kind of stood up and started talking mess with the uh, the Grizzlies and Brooks didn't like it and John Morant didn't like it. As we said, the entire Grizzlies Mm -hmm. uh, team didn't like it. Pops, what, what did you think seeing that? I mean, he apologized. Today. Shannon Sharp had a very, very contrite. I thought even over, overly Maybe over the top the apology. Show, but he did but, apologize for it. You know, I'm a Shannon Sharp fan. I mean, I, I really am. I, I really, really like him. I've liked him ever since I first saw him play football. Um, but I like his personality as well. And I think just emotions got a little run away. I mean, he says something to, to Dylan Brooks, and I think Dylan Brooks told him, F you, old man, you know, and sit your, and then Ja Morant said, sit your old tired ass down. And, you know, I, I don't blame him coming back at him just a little bit. And I, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't want much of Shannon Sharp. I, I don't I, give a personally, damn. Personally, I want none of it. Steven Adams probably doesn't want too much of Shannon Sharp. I, I'm <laughs> you, not, I you mean, hear, you hear the Grizzlies like to say one of their lines is, we want all the smoke. When it comes to Shannon Sharp, I want none of the smoke. <laughs> I want absolutely none. He's a, he's a grown ass man, uh, uh, for sure. But I, I, w- I was happy to see him, uh, uh apologize to, to every, to, to Dylan Brooks specifically, to Ja Morant specifically, to the Memphis Grizzlies specifically. He said, I, let my mouth kind of run away with myself and I should have, I should have handled it better. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't. So I, you know, he got a little out of line. He did what he did. Uh, and he apologized for it. And I'm as big a Shannon Sharp fan today as I was yesterday. Well, and I did like at one point, like I said, I think he was even um, almost overly apologetic, but at one point his, he said, which I respect is he goes, um, you know, I'm the, the grown man. I'm the adult in the room. And I, I should have been the one to, deflate the situation and I fuel I added fuel to the fire and that's yeah. where he says he was wrong and you know what we talked about it with some some uh guys getting kicked out of football against stuff. you know sometimes your your emotions get a little high and I respect someone who's willing to go the next day go I was wrong I I, I was too much and, and, and so I respect Sharp for doing that Probably don't need to be getting into it, the players, LJ. Yeah, I mean, no, probably not. I don't mind chirping, but we don't need to have benches clear with a fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's fun TV, though. <laughs> did, yeah. you hear, did you hear um, uh, LeBron is, is facing a little criticism today, yeah. LJ, or just in general, because he defended his boy Shannon Sharp, saying he appreciates Shannon stepping up for him, and he's always been his guy, and he's, he's, a, he's a good friend of his. And then – but – if you remember, LeBron has had quite a, an issue with fans being disrespectful to players. Mm-hmm. 
And it's usually when they're dis- – it just – it looked a little hypocritical. It's like, oh, you're fine with it if he's defending he, you. Just defending don't like you. Well, that's that's shocking. And I think some of the stuff LeBron said. <laughs> right, right. I think he looked a little hypocritical, and I think the people who said it, you're like, you got a but, you got a good mm-hmm. point because he he didn't mind it when he was standing up for LeBron. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tony, you're not any less of a Shannon guy after after seeing that, right? I mean, he probably no, I'm not less of a Shannon guy. I like Shannon Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't no, I, get I, that, I but have, okay. I don't have an opinion. I think that's Shannon. Shannon's so, impersonation. Is what I think yeah, that. Shannon's he's loud, and, and that's the thing. He's so loud, <laughs> and I don't necessarily like that. You know, you can make a point without being loud. Now, I do like anyway. I don't know. Apparently, I, it pays the bills because that's what Stephen A. does. That's that's what a lot of those people that get paid a lot of money. Yeah, so but maybe Stephen we're doing A's, it wrong. I will say that Stephen A. is loud and stupid. I don't know that Shannon's loud and and stupid most of the time, except at Grizzly. <laughs> you know, I don't know that Stephen A. is stupid. I just get sick of his over the top delivery all the time. I mean, I think his points sometimes are legit. He just annoys the living piss out of me. Uh, I'm not I think they know what they know what pays. Yep. Like that's the same thing. I don't I don't like Skip Bayless, but I do commend him. He knows this pay this gets him money, and so he goes. He, he like was like, oh, I'm going to be Skip Bayless times a hundred. Mm-hmm. Then and people tune into it because they want to watch it. So, I don't tune into so, Skip Bayless. Trust me, enough people tune mm-hmm. into it because they get paid a lot of money. Liv could probably answer this, but is Stephen A. Smith this our generation's Howard Cosell? No, I, I think Howard, Howard Cosell. But I see Stephen A. Smith cover every single sport. He talks about every single sport, and Howard Cosell did that. But you, Howard Cosell would always piss you off. He'd say something controversial, and you'd be like, you, "You'd be if you're did in Howard one of those say jobs that? and you're not pissing people off, you're probably not doing your job. Yeah, well. I guess. you probably need to be pissing some people off. Maybe yeah. Tony, I just have a little nostalgic feel about Cosell, you know, way yeah. back because I did like Cosell, but I, yeah. I know what you're saying. He could be a bit abrasive in a very. Uh, in a different way than Stephen A. Smith, but yeah. but still uh, very aggressive. Um, I don't. Maybe maybe you have a point. Maybe you have a point. Well, I, we I could go. I could go ten more up. years and never say Stephen A. Smith and be fine with me <laughs> and be happy about it. Yeah, well, you won't too. be. Able we'll wrap. To do that. I do kind of want it, and this could get cut. I don't know. You can make that decision later. I do. I just kind of want to hear Pops and Tony's thoughts on. So, I mean, I'm sure y'all have seen the, the stuff with Kendall Browse leaving Arkansas and then getting the offense mm-hmm. coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. So, have you, I've, I've, from what I've kind of gathered, is Kendall Browse flirted with a couple of different jobs. I think he was flirting with Mississippi State and maybe some other ones to go either be an offense coordinator or a head coach. And P- Sam Pittman said, like, I get it. I get it. Go, go do your thing. And then Kendall Browse came back and said, no, I, I want to run it back. I want to have another year. I want to be – with Arkansas. And so Sam's like, cool. All right, let's do it. And then that TCU job came up because the younger Riley brother, I can't think of his name on top of my head, went to go to Clemson. So all of a sudden the TCU job opened up and Kendall started calls, starts reaching out again. And he gets a little more interested. And from what I've heard, Sam Pittman said, all right, I'm done. Here's the door. If you want to go, I hope, I hope the TCU thing works out and just said F off. And it wasn't a, a situation of Kendall left Arkansas as much as Sam Pittman was like, if you're not 10 toes down, then I don't need you. If you're still looking, you told me you're here, and now you're leaving. And I kind of respect Sam Pittman for it. I, Kendall Bryce is a smart coach, but I kind of respect Sam for that. 
Me too. Me too. I mean, because look, he 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 said, "Go, go find whatever suits you. Go, go wherever you need to go. Do what you need to do." Bros comes back to him and says, "This is where I want to be," and then reneges on that again. Yeah, I think showing the door, go do your thing, and and you know what, Bros had some imaginative things. Certainly, Um, there's no question about it. Did he hurt us a a few times with 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 some uh, playful bullshit? Yes, I think he did. Um, but yeah, here's the door. Go. Well, I think Sam gets the job and he gets that, like, he gets that if you're a good assistant, he's been an assistant coach and dreamed of a head coaching job. He gets it. Like, go in the offseason, do your due diligence, go make your calls, interview. But once you tell Sam Pittman, I'm here, then you're here. I don't think you back on it. Or he's just like, all right, cool. You, I'm done. I'm done with you. And I, I, it makes me, I don't even know if Sam Pittman is the guy. I hope so, but it makes me like him even more, Tony. Yeah, I and and you're absolutely right. That, that, that's right on top of it. The, the head coach has got to be look. I, I need your word, and if I can't trust your word, then I don't need you around here. Because he's got to be that way with players, right? I trust your word, and if I can't trust your word, there's no reason for you to be here. That's like that. That's the way it is in football. Ways that that's the way it is in life. And so, well, just, well, just yeah. See, yeah. See you later. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's that big of a loss because the guy we brought in is. Um, Enos, yeah, and as long as KJ's good with it, then I'm good with it, and we can continue to bring in some receivers. I, I think it's fine. The one thing that worries me is, and this is just an overall statement, is that I, it it just concerns me that the that college football is changing, and I think we're mm. seeing it in college basketball as well when they remove the transfer rule and now the NIL money. I it's just unfortunate, and I think. You know, if a coach can go and take three or four recruits with him, that's always happened. But now he can take them without penalty, and they can play the next year, and they get in IL money. And I, that to me is the the unfortunate thing is that we've it, it's good, but it's just made it so but easy. And I, I'm concerned did, about college football for that. It did feel it, it. So I get what you're saying, but it, part of me is like, if the coach is able to up and leave. It feels shitty that the player gets penalized, but the coach yeah. doesn't get penalized. So I don't yeah. hate that they changed that yeah, rule. That's a good point. The only thing I think that's they screwed point. up, and I'm, I think me and LJ have been as pro NIL as anybody. And I, the only thing I think the NCAA did, and it's because they tried so hard not to ever do it. So when it finally came in, they didn't have any rules for it. There's just, there's still, it's the Wild mm-hmm. West. You still have, I mean, rumors of Lane Kiffin's people reaching out to KJ Jefferson midseason going, so what would it take? What would it take to get you to, and, and this isn't an anti-Lane Kiffin rant as much as it's just a the system. There's yeah. a lot of shenanigans going on because there's no mm-hmm. rules. There's no rules. It's mm-hmm. just, and I think LJ said this before too. It's only going to take a couple times where these big wigs spend they spend five million dollars to get Arch Manning, and then he actually decommits or something. They're like, I'm I, I'm a businessman at heart, mm-hmm. and if it, if I'm just sinking money, I'm not just going to sink money forever, and that'll change over time. I think that'll start realizing. Y'all don't like because it's not an exact science. We hell, we still don't know how to draft quarterbacks in the NFL no. and at college. They're they're hit or yeah, miss. And you're promising a, a high school sophomore that sure will give you all no. <laughs> yeah, that, that he's going to bring a championship and he might not even make it onto the yeah. roster. So I think eventually it'll lay out. But I do get what you're saying, Tony. Where there's just part of what made. I'm glad guys are profiting, but part of what made college sports fun was. It didn't. It felt different than the NFL because it wasn't as much a business as much as it was the tradition and the 
love of the game and want to win one for the school. And it now it kind of feels more of just a business. And it does, it waters it down a little just as a yeah. traditional fan, but I'm, it's a double edged sword. Cause I'm glad the kids are, if you're, if someone is willing to pay you, go get paid for it. So I yeah. don't know, but yeah. I hear what you're saying. I do hear what you're saying. Yeah, I sure um, wish they'd had NIL for Division Two catchers. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I wish they'd had it for uh, statistics uh, business majors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you could have made money on your likeness there. Yeah, you wouldn't have messed up your eligibility at all. Yeah, but nobody yeah, would have paid me. That's I the thing. Yeah. I was taking your eligibility if, if Easy Mart was willing to pay you while you were in school. I do, have, I do have some really nice hoodies and a jacket, so I will say that. That's okay. So... <laughs> Um, all right, Uncle Tony, let's wrap up with uh, what is Uncle Tony drinking tonight? <laughs> okay, so I made this special for tonight and for this weekend, and, and originally there I had found a recipe for a drink called a Kansas City Ice. Mm. And, you know, the, it, this weekend in Kansas City, it's going to be cold, it's going to be icy. But instead, I went with a drink called the Twisted Ankle. <sighs> um, and so the Twisted Ankle – is uh, always themed. yeah the twisted and I I wanted to call it high ankle sprain but I got to <laughs> say true to the drink but twisted ankle is uh sorry prestige it's um uh, th- uh three quarter ounce of blanco vermouth not dry blanco vermouth uh two ounces of vodka mixed with sage leaves. Uh, so you stir that with sage leaves and then you strain that, put a sage leaf in, and then it's two sprays of smoked whiskey. And uh, they call it the twisted ankle. And I will tell you, gentlemen, it's quite tasty. That sounds good. That sounds good. It's quite tasty. So here's the hoping twisted the twisted ankle. ankle is just as smooth this weekend as this drink is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pops, any, uh, any bougie problems this week? How are things going for you? No, no bushy problems. Um, I, I guess I had one qu- quick kind of funny question. When it was the third quarter in the San Francisco-Dallas game and Meyer was out there to kick his first field goal, did, do you think it crossed Shanahan's mind to go ahead and waste a timeout <laughs> just to make him think about it? I mean, it's like five minutes into the second yeah. half or whatever, and he's kicked the I just thought, I, I, I think yeah, I called it a timeout. That. I didn't even think about that. That's, That's pretty funny. good. <laughs> Let him well, just did, think about you, it. I think. I did you see? It. Did you see, Pop? So, it, not only did Maurer miss all of his like pregame warmup kicks, but he for his first one he went out, and I don't know if he was actually on the San Francisco side or not. But Debo Samuel went up to him and stopped him. And was like, "Hey, you're on the wrong." Like right <laughs> as he's getting ready to kick, he's got his ball ready and he's ready to go. And he was like, "You can't kick over here. You need to go over there." <laughs> You're on our side, and just that's just a head game with the dude that's got to be all yeah. in his head, like just a. Debo, I see what you did there, and I'm impressed. I like I'm it. impressed, Debo. Yeah, well, I love I want to say because if I'm them, I'm doing anything to screw with Mauer because he's so far up his head right now. I mean, that I was thinking about it, and that is part of the reason that I'm picking the 49ers this weekend is in that grindy, awful, frustrating defensive game that they were playing. I've never seen a team have as much fun as the Niners seem to be having all game long. I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, no, just to follow it, and, and not to horn in on any bougie problems we got but did you see the the footage of john fossil going out there and getting in the face of the uh 49ers special teams coach mm-hmm. they almost got into a fight he was cussing him out for even talking to his his kicker 
And the next thing you know, there's officials out there that are breaking him up and they're saying, look, no, he gets to, he gets to kick wherever he wants. But I props to John Faso who weighs like, 165 pounds soaking wet. And, uh, he was up in that dude's grill. It was, it was pretty slick. I I wish his head coach had that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. Hmm. All right. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Jess Press Play podcast. We are going to know who's in the big game next week in the Super Bowl. And I'm sure we'll be back with everything (laughs) previewing that and looking ahead or looking back at what happened in the conference championship. I mean, (laughs) Tony, I think you're you're due for some. I I might be telling you this week because you're due for some Mm. wins this week. (laughs) Double or nothing. I need some props from my man Kev. (laughs) Hey, we'll we'll some up. We'll have some props out there. Let Kev cook. (laughs) Kev is live. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for the podcast. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're not already, like it, subscribe, and rate, and review the pod. We appreciate you. Peace out. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, the game can't get much better than. Yes. Yeah, I did. It's, it saved the weekend. I can't. I think I made like 40, 40 something. I can't remember what that odd was. But yeah, that's the only way I've got money to bet this weekend is because of that. So. <laughs>